hello everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello, sir. How are you, mate? I am very well, thank you. I'm just coming off the back of a week off. One more day off tomorrow and then I have to go back into work. Yeah. But you're saving us. You're saving us via the NHS. So thank you for your service. Uh, well, I'm not directly saving lives. Oh man, I was just—I can't, I can't be modest. I work. <laughs> with, I'm not a bloody frontline doctor. I just go to work and deal with body parts. <laughs> I see. But uh, you still get the ten percent in the supermarket, so don't you? Yeah. I get Q jump, Q jump in chest in Tesco. If I really want to. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, never used it though. I don't want to be that guy that waves his badge like "Hello, VIP." <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Toby Anderson. Evening. How are you, mate? I'm all right. Thanks very much. I've had a three-day weekend, which is nice. Lovely. What have you been up to? Went to London, um, playing some games. I've got a long way into uh, the Messenger. But yeah, it's been been all right. Splendid. Mr. Paul Collett. Howdy, dude. How are you, man? Oh, I'm okay, man. I'm good. Hot. It's really hot. Mm. So um, if there's noise, like stupid cars, it's because the window's open. It has to happen. And lots of fabric, um, lots of fabric moving around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were. <laughs> Is that good or bad? I don't, I don't even know if that's a good or bad thing. Yes, as long as you stay completely still for the next hour. <laughs> that's it. Should be fine. Stealth mode. You've got it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'd, be, I'd, I'd be a bit of Sam Fisher with It Kills Me. Fucking Ubisoft. Ah, uh, Sam Fisher. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> and yeah. finally, Mr. Sean Davies. Howdy. How are you, mate? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Wait, Did that sound uh, convincing? Yeah! <laughs> Let's get on with this. Yeah. Now, if you don't know, we record this on a Sunday night, and this Sunday night, we had a little bit of a clash with the Ubisoft Forward event. So we're recording a little bit later than normal, only by, what, 15 minutes or so, but we're going to dive right into our thoughts on the Ubisoft presentation. But first, um, Mr. Sean Davies was gracious and heroic enough to watch the pre-show. Is there anything from the pre-show that you feel needs to be shared with us and our audience? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> I caught okay. okay. the last. I caught the last ten minutes of it, and I can totally agree. Right. With I, I can. I can describe it in in a good two minutes. It was Trackmania, the the new game. It was lots of gameplay and a talk mm-hmm. with the director. It was fine. It was the announcement of the next part of season three of Just Dance, uh, which is coming on the mm-hmm. July twenty third. It was a look at Curious Expedition two. Um, which is an indie game that Ubisoft have helped with. It was a small uh, clip of Mythic Quest um, because there's like a making of documentary coming out uh, that Ubisoft have helped with. Um, the Crew 2, uh, their next season includes Summer of summer in Hollywood, Super 70s, Flashy 80s, and all that stuff starts in August. Uh, Boston Studios were there with Surgeon Sim 2. That looks awesome. Division 2, there was lots of talk about the ducks in the game. I don't know if you guys have ever seen them, but there are lots of ducks. And that's like an in-joke. So the developers have now put teddies in the game. So these these like teddy bear things that you can see in the environment. Anyway, then there was a look at uh, Spirit Fairer from Thunder Lotus, which Ubisoft helped with um, funding their previous game, Sundered. So they, they had a look here. Uh, Trials Rising is getting some new content. It's getting its longest ever race. And finally, Ghost Recon Breakpoint is having AI partners on July 15th. And that was the pre-show. That was it in a nutshell. All right. Sounds awesome. I'm all about them division teddy bears. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'll be honest with you, I never saw the ducks, but, you know, I'm going to be on the lookout for teddy bears now. Why not? I mean, you might have. You just didn't know that they were an important thing, I guess. 
Uh, I probably shot them. Oh. Was it <laughs> was it like plastic ducks or living ducks? Yeah. There's there's some kind of in joke about the, the like the one of the developers put a giant rubber duck in the environment to remind him to do something, and that kind of just stayed in the build until really late on. In the build. Hitman have this big thing with ducks. They're just trying to ride on that. I don't know. Maybe it's just a merchandising idea. Maybe they, <laughs> they sold the ducks and they're not going to sell the teddy bears. Well, they they see all the tubs ducks and want some of that. Yes. Right. Can you tell we're trying to fill time? <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the ducks, Sean. I want it in depth in the ducks. Uh, right then. Well, then what followed that was, of course, Ubisoft Forward. So we're going to get through everything they discussed starting with our overall thoughts. And I'm going to go to Greg on this one uh, to kick off. Uh, Greg, what was your overall thoughts of the first, as they announced, the first Ubisoft Forward? I hope it was the last Ubisoft Forward. Um, oh, but it, it's not. Sorry, man. Uh, I know, because Yves G- Gimo, I always used to call him Yves Gilmore. It's Gimo. <laughs> I don't know my French pronunciations with words. I can't even say pronunciations. Yeah, I did not care. I mean, Watch Dogs, I know we'll talk into it in a bit. I mean, the trailer looked really cool. And I was talking on the Slack and I went, this really reminds me of Love, Death and Robots. And then, of course, it's directed by the guy who did the third episode of Love, Death and Robots. And I was like, oh, okay, that'll be why. On the whole, um, did not really care for it. Like, 10 minutes of mobile gaming. Who cares? A lot of it seems to be a focus on most of those games with the multiplayer. It seems like, I know you sort of sassed me in the Slack chat when I said, oh, they're dropping single player from a lot of games. And it seems like that was all the focus of this one, apart from Valhalla and Watch Dogs. And I'm, there's probably one or two more, but I'm just generalizing. It's just this big push on multiplayer. And it's like, I don't care. And why do they have a why do they have a section on Siege? Siege is already out. It's been out for five years. What are they doing? Just reminding us how many players play it now. Cool. Yeah. That, that was literally it. It was like there's now sixty million players of Siege. All right, cool. I'm one of them occasionally. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to shit on the whole thing, but I kind of am because it was just a bit like weak. And then they got Phil Spencer mm. in going, "I really like Assassin's Creed." Yeah, <laughs> um, that, so- that was a weird moment. It felt like a um, a kind of a nod to the fact that on the Xbox showcase a while back, there was all that talk of gameplay and it never occurred. I think yeah. they were just sort of bringing him back to actually push the gameplay that he promised so long uh, ago. I mean, we had some, but it, I mean, I know we'll go into it a bit, but it was a bit like, all right, cool, looks a bit shit, really. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm probably I'm not I, I am a Ubisoft fan. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know why. So yeah, I didn't. I'm gonna forget most of these things tomorrow. I mean, I'll listen to the podcast when it goes off. Be like, oh yeah, that was on there. So mm. yeah, my my takeaway is not much to take away from that. Okay, uh, Toby Anderson, overall thoughts. Well, I'm, I'm I didn't get what I wanted. That's probably my overall thoughts. Um, I think I'm I'm pretty much with Greg on the fact that I'm generally a, quite a fan of Ubisoft. They've had plenty of things that that I've liked in the past, but when they release an entire 45 minutes like that with pretty much nothing new that I hadn't seen before and certainly nothing new I'm interested in. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, I was hoping for something, you know, really interesting, like a, like a brand new splinter cell or a brand new Rayman or something like that. Um, or even just more details about beyond good and evil Two, or just all the things that were coming up in the comments, um, on the videos on YouTube as well. Um, with lots of frustrated people, um, and getting to the last five minutes and realizing there's just no way I was still going to get Sam Fisher at the end. But, yeah, I'm 
I'm not I'm not all that impressed by it. I think I think opposite to what Greg said, I want part two of Ubi Forward right now because that might have some things in it that I'm interested in. So I don't I don't want this to be the only Ubi Forward. I really need another one right now, please, <laughs> because this one wasn't good enough. Um, so yeah. At the same time, there are one or two games in there that I will definitely play, including Watch Dogs and Valhalla, which I did have, you know, I think look great, um, but they just weren't new. Um, so in terms of announcements, I thought it was weak. Fair enough. Um, so there, really. Cool. Uh, Paul Collett. Oh, that was a waste of time, wasn't it? It was, it was just, there was absolutely <laughs> nothing there to get people excited. I mean, I... I'm with Toby. They definitely needed like another useful forward like next week or something or tomorrow because you know there's there's the dawn of the new generations and nothing on that thing mm. got me excited to play anything on the new generations. It's like it was pointless. I mean, I was I was hoping upon hope as soon as uh, old Mister Gimo or whatever his name is said well, one last thing to show you and went black. I was hoping to hear Splinter Cell's goggles turn on. I was praying for it, but no, it's Far Cry 6, but, you know, which, you know, it uh, looks all right. Um, looks like yeah, I mean, we knew, we knew that was coming. Yeah. So that's no, yeah, that's no big shocker. Um, the whole thing seemed like a waste of time. It was just like, oh, we better put something out because, you know, e is not happening, so let's just throw out some, some random shit because apparently it was all recorded prior to all of this world chaos that we're in at the moment anyway, but... Mm. No, I, I, I would have preferred them to not have it done tonight and just had a bigger one, I don't know, in a month's time where it had more to show, something to get excited about. It, it just seems like a, a filler. It's like the Xbox one, it's just a, full of fluff on it, nothing mm. really exciting. So, yeah. yeah, disappointed. That's an interesting point. I mean, Sean, if this was their E3 showing, do you think it would have been a disappointment? Um, I think we'd have got almost exactly what we got. And I say this because I think that Ubisoft's shot as many cards at keeping Vivendi away from buying them a couple of years ago when they announced pretty much everything they could possibly announce in one E3. Um, and they're going to have to play catch up the same way, you know, the Sony did where we had an E3 where it was just complete garbage of long trailers. I think you started a couple of years ago, you know, we had Gods of Monsters, we had Rainbow Six Quarantine, we had uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. They announced everything they possibly could. And they're just playing catch up now with trailers for games we already know about. So I get the feeling that if this was their E3, then it would still still have been disappointing. And um, I don't think we would have got much more. I think we got a, maybe a bit of God of Monsters. I, I don't think we're going to get Splinter Cell ever again. So I've just mm. stopped hoping for it. Um, yeah. I don't ever expect it to turn up again. It's too old now. That's a, that's a strange one now, wasn't it? Because that 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 uh, franchise had a lot of games, didn't it? What was five? Was it five games? Mm-hmm. Um, main, main main games, yeah. Five. I think it's Blacklist didn't do as well as they wanted, and unfortunately, they have to see it as a figure thing. I love Blacklist. I didn't, yeah, or I didn't like the Michael Ironside voice change, but yeah, Blacklist was amazing. Exactly, but it didn't do numbers, and unfortunately, that's what they want. Sorry, I kind of interrupted there. My bad. No, that's right. No, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's a discussion, isn't it? I mean, Splinter Cell is one of their, was one of their biggest franchises. They had five games and, you know, uh, Sam Fisher still appears as, as cameos in uh, various other Ubisoft games. So, well, clearly there's some interest there. Otherwise, if there's no interest, why are they, why are they cameoing? Why are they bother? I don't know. It's just, it's just such a shame because it is a big franchise. Rather than bring out another Steep, which was absolutely useless, um, you know, so 
Splinter Cell or something. Mm. It is an interesting point. I mean, yeah, there was no gods and monsters. There was no quarantine. I don't know if that's a weird thing to show at this present moment in time, whether or not they're holding that off for the next Ubisoft. To split it into two is a weird thing. And yeah, yeah, that is a good point. There's a lot of stuff in development that we haven't seen, so I'm guessing we'll see it next time. But anyway, let's get into what we did see. And first off was Watch Dogs Legion, which is a game that I know Paul's excited for. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> me Don't... and you both, buddy. We've got, we've oh, got mate. definitely this time. Don't give me all that, oh, it was rubbish, and then be like, Mate, you love Watch Dogs Legion. I know you did. I'm now, as a, as a, I know you're not a Londoner, you know, in terms of location, but you have the accents. So I'm just going to ask you. Um, <laughs> do you feel like, you feel like they're, are you excited for Watch Dogs Legion to run around London and cause some shit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It'd be so good. I mean, London's such a, such a weird city. You've got, you can go from like, you can like, walk under a bridge from somewhere so kind of, like glamorous and, and rich and go walk under the bridge and it's sort of poverty and it's such a different like uh, scope for change do you know what i mean so it's not going to be like say san francisco for example in watchdogs 2 it's all very, it's, i know it's all very kind of samey wasn't it it's all very gleaming to a point and big towers and all look very clean and happy but but london's a bit different you can just go down the alleyway and find something that's completely hidden away and no one knows about so I am, I'm really excited to uh, walk around London and try and find some landmarks and places I've been to. Uh, however, um, one thing that I'm, I started thinking about while I was watching the trailer is, is it looks great, but then I would prefer London to be present day rather than future, if that makes sense. Um, you know, seeing, yeah. um, seeing all the buildings with the kind of holographic uh, projections on them and the, and the buses and and the ambulance is all looking very new and fresh. I mean, I wish that was what London looked like, but fucking hell no. <laughs> um, I think I'd rather have the gritty realism of London rather than this kind of fresh, new, futuristic London. But um, for saying that, the, uh, the intro uh, CG movie they played was so good. Oh, yes, um, it was. So, so good. And so, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I'm just picking bones because that's what I do. But, yeah, I can't wait. Nice. Um, Greg, I know you're not a, uh, a big promoter of uh, Watch Dogs. Did you get excited for Legion? Is that something you feel like you could probably jump into at some point? No, but instead of shitting on it, I'm going to say it looks like a good concept. It looks like that uh, the, the, the recruiting mechanic looks quite good. And not in contrast to what Paul's saying, but I think the, the sort of semi future well, obviously it's in the future, but like I like the half and half contrast. Uh, it reminds me of, Infamous Second Son, so it's like near future, in a plausible future with technology, but it's not, you know, Blade Runner, Fifth Element style skyscrapers and flying cars kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that that CGI trailer was amazing, as I said earlier. So I got real good vibes from that. But then the gameplay just didn't. I know it's still in, in production, but there was nothing about that gameplay that made me go, "Whoa, that's amazing!" It just, if anything, it just reminded me of older Ubisoft games that I miss, like Splinter Cell, like. Uh, Ghost Recon Future Soldier before they went all open world with Wildlands and stuff like that. I know you guys love Watch Dogs and I enjoyed the first one to an extent, but the second one just didn't interest me. So again, it's just carrying on that meh attitude, really. Um, I know people will enjoy it and the concept, much of the story doesn't look very original. It looks pretty much just like the first one, you know, take down the big bads. But I thought the... I'm not just saying it because I'm British, because I play games in open world American cities. But God, they were just hamming up the uh, 
stereotypes, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Like, I got a little bit offended, I won't lie. Some of them were just like, <laughs> have you just been watching Snatch all weekends? You know, is that, is that what you thought was your frame of reference or what London is and rock and roller? But yeah, I thought this is, this is trying to be serious, but they've somehow got the audio track from Fable in there. So, yeah, I was just watching it, not like, oh, God, this looks amazing. I was just watching it, rolling my eyes, going, oh, we go, here comes the here comes the crime lord, and, yep, she sounds like a geezer. And I was like, <laughs> and then you got the football hooligan, and, oh, yeah, no. I'm not going to say anymore, because I'm just going to end up just ratting about how much I don't like the look of it. But, yeah, I like the concept, but it's not for me. I'm not sold on it. Fair enough. Uh, Toby? Uh, Watch Dogs, uh, to me, I think uh, to a certain extent, I agree with Greg um, that Watch Dogs 2 kind of lost me a bit. Um, Watch Dogs 1, I really liked with the, uh, you know, the sort of cool trench coat wearing um, hero. But Watch Dogs 2 went very mad in like speech marks. Everything was, everyone's wearing dead mouse helmets and everything's in your face and everything's very, very over the top neon. And I just, it kind of lost me a bit in that, in that respect. So this one's carrying that on. Um, I still enjoyed playing Watch Dogs 2. It's just, I think the aesthetic doesn't really do it for me. Um, but that said, there's some things in there that I really liked. I, I can't say I really cared very much for the opening cinematic. I was just thinking to myself, oh, we're just going to get a cinematic for it. Um, as, as pretty much the entire thing played and I wasn't all that interested. I like the guy's directing skills, sure, but it, I, it wasn't really doing it for me. Um, but then when we got some gameplay, um, I was I was really into it. I, I think we now know what Legion means, which is cool. It's like a peace walker, everyone can be a hero, you know, recruit your own little private army thing, um, which is really cool. That's um, It seems to be mission by mission. So you can, you know, you, you just find whoever's on the map or who you, who, who you might have previously encountered and you've got on your roster um, that you can then use um, to tackle that next mission you need to do. Um, and it looked incredibly varied. Like... Um, Deus Ex always talks about how you can play every mission like you know four different ways or whatever. This looked like you could play every single mission about a dozen ways or more, which was quite clever. And I think you know the fact that you can just—it's not just you doing it stealth or action or whatever. It's you actually using a completely different person. So it's kind of taken that that aspect to the to the max, um, which I quite liked. So and from that perspective, I think as a gameplay concept, it's it's actually interesting. Um, and then. Sort of last thoughts were maybe around the fact that it's London. So as as you got the other guys have said, you know we're British. I've lived in London for five years, and I know a huge amount of the area of London. So it's going to be very interesting going around London in a sort of you know not not quite present day, but near future, like you say, um, rather than a far future. Um, you're gonna you're gonna recognise everything pretty much if it's in a near future, um, and that will be pretty cool. Um, but I don't like the you know, the gentleman snatch sort of um, aesthetic of everyone is a, you know, very over the top British or very over the top Yob or, you know, Colin Firth or, you know, everyone is that type of ultra hammed up Hollywood British, um, which is it's probably going to get right on my tits when I'm playing it. <laughs> um, but, but for the time being, I think the gameplay is, it looks strong enough that um, I will give it a go and I hope to be, interested throughout um because of that mm. yeah you're either colin firth or jason statham aren't you it looks like yeah that's <laughs> pretty much it you've got those choices and it's snatch all the way through yeah oh, i still sounds, um i still, I still wonder about this 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 uh, gameplay mechanic of picking 
whoever you want. There has to be a limit, surely. This is what's, this is what's kind of like... Yeah. I was thinking that as we as I was going through, I was like, "Would have have they fully voiced every single NPC for the entire game, mission well, by mission?" They, this is what they suggested at the <laughs> original reveal last year at E3. Right. They were like, "Anyone you recruit has its own VO, has its own backstory." And so, Which is crazy. Yeah, they've already so, built backstories into them a lot of the times in the past. Like in, in Watch Dogs Two, you had that in their mm. little bios that you could hack every time. But this is like taking that concept to a to an nth degree. It's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah, I imagine there will be limits, but you know, your there, your be... characters will die eventually. So they, yeah, or, or there'll be, be lots of like palette swaps. You know, like yeah. the same. Yeah. It's basically the same NPC with the same skills, but it'll look different ten times over. Mm. Uh, that is that is the way it is. There's, I think there was something like 150 different builds right. of character. So there was like 150 different types of character with, who had a very specific speciality. But I think what they were saying was that like suspect secondary skills will be randomly generated. So you might and and the idea is you spot somebody in the street and then you basically activate them with the side mission. And there's about 150 side missions. And you know it's it's so like it's Pokemon. Yeah, basically, you catch them all. yeah, yeah, um, and and each one, each one, you know, will have their own little mission to activate them as part of your legion. So it's it it, it is vast, um, but it's not you know as vast as they were talking. You know, you know, you not got you know six million people all who's <laughs> acted and with their own origin stories. So it I is, like it. That's it the time. That's how we should uh, introduce it on the on the thing. Po- um, Watchdogs Pokemon, not Watchdogs yeah. Legion, because that's what it is now. Got to catch them all. 150 NPCs in London. Find them all. Got to catch all the geezers. <laughs> you see, yeah. coming from Stoke, everybody in London does sound like a geezer. <laughs> so that, that trailer just suited me. That was like, you all sound fucking foreign to me. That's fine. So <laughs> yeah. it struck me as a foreign perspective of London, right? So we know that Ubisoft is very very highly french yeah lots and lots and lots of french mm. developers in ubisoft so it it seems a bit like a french perspective of what london sounds like yeah it's been built in uh, montreal isn't it so i imagine like there is a lot of french canadian influence in that yeah so i mean who knows i i'm not going to be offended no <laughs> i'm going to be like be funny. how Let's dare it's funny. you <laughs> how dare you we're a bunch of assholes don't piss out of us as much as you like jesus christ um i should stress i put like 500 hours into Watch Dogs 2 I absolutely fell into that game and loved it to death. So I'm really excited for this. And it's number one on my list for sure. I'd be so shocked my monocle will fall off. Yes, exactly. Okay, then we got a bit of a, a bit of a jump into mobile. Uh, Ubisoft very uh, switch gears very quickly. Like, oh, should stress actually. The Watch Dogs Legion release date is now October 29th of this year. So if you're looking out for it, that's when it's coming out. My birthday month. Very exciting. Uh, yes, then we got a look at Brawlhalla, which is coming to iOS and Android. On didn't have a release date, but they are doing crossplay across every console and mobile. Which uh, you know, if you're into it, very very cool. August 9th is the release. August date. 9th. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Uh, then we got a Might and the Look at Might and Magic, which is a Ubisoft's fantasy mobile series. Uh, that looks, you know, if you're into it, I guess that's going to be a thing. And then. We had a look at Tom Clancy Elite Squad, which is basically a brand new Splinter Cell, to be honest, isn't it? Let's be honest, it's going straight to mobile. It's not Toby, don't worry. You don't have to get angry with me. It was just a joke. <laughs> I, saw to- I saw Toby come off mute then to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm ready to throw this shit right now. <laughs> 
now I'm just going to throw this out there to anyone. Is anyone going to check out Elite Squad? No. <laughs> it, what is it? It just looks like some sort of. Battle. I don't actually know what it is. Is it a battle oh, arena? Is I it don't a... know. It's Team an Squad XCOM, something. XCOM like. Oh, an XCOM like. Oh, God, no. So each character has their own specialized skills, and you have to like turn based it around. Yeah, this was revealed mm. last year. Um, it looks it looks okay in, in gameplay wise. It just mm. looks really cartoony. They say they've taken the Team Fortress aesthetic, haven't they? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But it's just it's just like uh, I'm, I'm with Toby and the throwing toys and prams thing. Like, stop stop putting Sam Fisher in things. <laughs> yeah, we don't need a cameo to just pour salt on the wind. Yeah, like oh, you know how much you miss him. Yeah, we're gonna put him in a flashback mission in Ghost Recon. Like, all right, because he was in. It was in Wildlands. It's in and Wildlands. Was in and then they've done another one in Breakpoint. It's like, you know how much you loved it in Wildlands? No, we loved the fact that you mentioned it. And then you put it in Wildlands. You know how much you loved it in Wildlands? We're going to put it in Breakpoint. Cool. No one's buying Breakpoint. Even Paul, who likes Ghost Recon, Breakpoint, doesn't play Breakpoint. Um, so <laughs> so why do you keep doing it? And it's like, oh, look, here's all your favorite Ubisoft characters, like that one with the shield from Rainbow Six. All right, cool. Oh, look, there's Sam Fisher. Look, it's Elite Squad. Uh, oh. You know that uh, Etsy is going to be in there somewhere as well. Yeah. Yeah, Etsy and Rayman. Why is, the, why is the bad guy from Wildlands on their side? Well, I guess it's the, the multi-team thing, isn't it? I guess the idea is you can pick your team and all that. Roman Vars, recruiting, love a good game. Yeah. Recruiting I, I didn't, uh, Ubisoft characters, isn't it? I didn't play enough of Wildlands. I think the only person I played Wildlands was with Toby. We did about four missions together, and it was like, all right, this is boring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Paul and I played it together. Sean Once. Paul when you played it. Yeah, Sean Paul and I. Yep. Nice. Johnny Boyle and Blue Cantrell. It was amazing. <laughs> I had to stop like every five minutes because you just kept going, Johnny Paul. It was very awkward. Yeah, I know you're on the mic, Sean Paul. It's fine. I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please. Um, yeah, no, back to Elite Squad. Nah. I mean, I, I like things like it. Should cut it there. Nah. That's nah. it. <laughs> um, mic drop. <laughs> Greg's soundbite. Nah. Uh, Paul, sorry, did I interrupt you there? Oh, no, I was right. I was, was going to say, I was watching these mobile games, and I was like, okay, cool, mobile games. And I was thinking, how the fuck are you going to control these games? Mobile controls are the worst. With your fingers? Yeah, I know, but maybe, I, I've never played, played uh, Brawlhalla, but I'm guessing it's like a four-player Battle Royale beat-em-up thing, right? Kind of, Something yeah. on the lines of Smash, Smash Brothers. Bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three Smash Bros, yeah. Would you be able to play Smash Brothers on a mobile screen? I mean, you can connect your controllers now. Yeah, I know, but you know, if you want to train, you want to get out your bloody whopping big Xbox pad, do you? And then I mean, I've seen it's just kids and their little fingers, man. I've seen my nephews play Minecraft and Fortnite on an iPad and not even blink. That's crazy. And so it's us with our fat fingers. We can't. We yeah. can't well, even concentrate it. Fat, too old. They're actually quite sleek and streamlined. I have you. Mm. Pull with the sleek fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Pull up these. You realise this, <laughs> is, a, this is a gaming podcast, not very soft. Mode. <laughs> Very soft, yeah. How's that dishes? <laughs> I mean, Paul, um, you, Paul is old enough to remember the time when you send videos to dating things. He's there. have <laughs> got very sleek fingers. <laughs> be single single man seeks women with soft fingers. Sexual fingers, you know. But anyway, that's another story. So yeah, that's how they play. Sleek fingers. Uh, Sean, do your, do your kids play mobile games? Would they be into something like Elite Squad? Uh, definitely not. That's my jam. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. No, they, they, they like... Flicking things like Angry Birds and stuff—they really don't go for any any strategicness. So that would be my bag, and I, I'm looking forward to it. I know everyone else is shit on it, but it's fine. I, I'll just you know I'll take it for what it is. If 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 people like this game 
maybe they see when we get another Sam Fisher game. Maybe. Maybe we've all got to buy all the fucking Sam Fisher-related bollocks before they bother to give us a sequel, okay? I mean, it's got to be coming, hasn't it? Surely the outcry for this thing is audible on the moon. Uh, I, I, I don't know. You know, you know. You look at Square, and they, they recently put um, Azriel skin from Soul Soul Reaver in a Tomb Raider game. Did they? Um, yeah. Oh, just, one of the Guardian things. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and you look Kane and Lynch. People have been asking for that. You know, where's Kane and Lynch three? For whatever reason. Yeah. And, you know, they, they stick them, and it's just it's just a teaser. It's just. just I a, would just love a remake or a remaster of Ghost Theory, uh, Chaos Theory, Ghost Recon. Yes. I said. Chaos Theory, that was just, mwah. Like, even just that would just, that'd be amazing. Just do that, please. Yeah, build yeah, it from the I ground agree. up like the uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Something like that would be fine. Re- remake the first yeah. three in the engine of um, Blacklist. Blacklist. Sorry, Sean, have, we um, got to talk to over the end, sorry. No, have, have you Ubisoft ever done a remaster? Uh, uh, Far Cry 3? Um, like a, 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 an actual remaster, an actual build out of shit that they've just released from the ground up. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like a, like a proper remake. Sorry, I suppose, remake. I, suppose Prince, I suppose Prince of Persia would be one of the first ones, wouldn't it? Because they reinvented that. But um, in order, in answer to your question, I don't think so. I mean, not off the top of my head, I can think they've ever done like a blue point and rebuilt something. No, probably is. Hmm. Someone's probably going to correct me, but I can't think of any. Oh, yeah. wait. Well, no, I would say Grandia, but yeah. Well, let's hope they do that. Yeah, oh, we've had we've had remasters of uh, like Rogue and yeah. Black Flag, haven't we? But yeah, yeah. I mean, I meant re, re- just like mean, from the ground. Like, you mean like a Resident Evil GameCube? Yeah, like I, meant, I meant remake, not yeah, remaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I say remaster, it's like every remaster's been pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, definitely don't want that. Okay. Yeah, the Far Cry Three one was dodgy, wasn't it? Broken to hell. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder it was free with the season pass. <laughs> <laughs> did they do anything just <laughs> just yeah. put it on the ps4 and let it go yeah pretty much <laughs> they just just let it just didn't even touch it just put it on there uh then we got a look at hyperscape which is ubisoft's uh, battle royale which is available as an open beta right now on pc um you think you forget the five minutes of rainbow six siege oh yeah that too rainbow six siege is still out guys <laughs> that was really interesting that bit i want to talk about that for that ages look really old now do you know what i mean it was just age. five minutes of ubisoft patting themselves on the back yeah like, <laughs> we can, move, we can move on <laughs> yeah rainbow six siege is a great game there's a if you go to our facebook page our, our um our banner is uh, us yeah. playing uh, rainbow six siege <laughs> and it's a very there's a very funny moment if you want to go check it out i wanted to yeah. see if it would explode or implode Load. <laughs> that's I'm I'm not giving you any context for that. You got to go to this video. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, Rainbow Six Siege is a great game, and what it's doing is terrific. But we know about it. We're very aware. Ubisoft, it's doing very well. Good for you. Well done, guys. Give yourself a cookie or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then yeah, then we have a look at Hyperscape, which is as I said, their battle royale coming to PC today as an open beta. Um, I know how a third of this crew feel about battle royales, so. Uh, Sean, are we jumping into Hyperscape anytime soon? Absolutely. Hell yeah. I've, I've been watching people play this. So the, the way they did the release was a lot like um, Valorant, where they opened the game up, but they only allowed uh, streamers to have a key. And they, those streamers would then ask people to connect to a, a website to get drops so they could get a key to join as well. And the gameplay is great. Like, one of the best things I've seen about it, you know, like the area like the storm basically for every other game it's like an entire sector 
becomes polygons and disappears. Oh. So like if you're if you're on on a building on the opposite side of where it's it's disappearing, basically the entire scenery just disappears. So like chunk by chunk, polygons disappear until you are standing in a wide open space where you are either gonna get shot or die from the damage it's doing to you. It's brilliant. Cool. Can't wait. Nice. Can't wait. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm excited. Bring it on. Cool. It looks more um it looks more apex than uh than Fortnite or PUBG. Yeah, I think they got a bit overwatch as well. I think you know mm. they they they've tried to give it a bit more personality um to each character and it sounds like they're gonna try and do a story with it. Um yeah. because they're obviously talking about the progression for the characters. So you know, I'm I'm on board. I'm on board. Cool. Yep, me too. Let's check it out. I did love how we spent five minutes on a character's hair. That was interesting. Yeah. Greg well, Greg was a big fan of that moment. <laughs> it's like, would this character have this haircut? Would this character have this I tattoo? Thought that was <laughs> a really weird way to, to link into. Like, no, it here's, is. Here's Hyperscape. And I thought they were going to move to someone else. And it's like, so designing Hyperscape, we wanted to really give players a massive range of outfits and hairstyles. Like, cool. <laughs> and then with each season, we'll be dropping more of them. It's like, like most games do. Cool. I do have a question though, Sean. The, given the fact they're giving away the fr- a free battle pass, is this going to be free to play? I don't think so. I think this this open beta that they've got going on will be just to get enough people hooped uh, and get them away from whatever they're playing at the minute. I think it will be money to pay. Yeah. It, the season pass definitely will be. I don't like paying for my games anymore. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Especially battle royales. Jeez. There was one cool moment in it that I thought, um, not this like my kind of game, but there was a little bit where it showed the storyline. Quite like the idea of the story, Sean. I, I agree with you there. Um, I like VR stories like that. Um, but they had a cow wearing a VR headset. I don't know if you saw. It had a little set yeah. of goggles on. Like they're keeping the cows happy with a big, you know, open pasture or something while he's oh, being milked yeah. in a factory. They were like, um, we made some good good ideas and then some bad, and it showed the cow. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I just had a little headcanon of that cow is probably actually the one playing the game. So it's just <laughs> hundreds of cows playing the new hyperscape, <laughs> and that keeps them all entertained. Um, so I think actually you're a cow. <laughs> Oh, see, he's got anthro. You're fine. Ready Jump player bovine. <laughs> yeah. I did like uh, in the Slack, Greg called it um, ready, ready player, player one war. boring premise for Lawbreakers 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, it's um, it's, it's going to be tough, isn't it, coming out with a, with a MOBA? Not a MOBA. What are they called? Um, Royal. Yeah. Battle Royale. Yeah, that's the one we've been talking about for like. <laughs> um, it's just going to be hard. Like, crack it. Everyone goes, we want new things. And then they come out with new things. Everyone goes, no, I like Fortnite and PUBG. Mm at apex now but like look it just it's to me it's just got echoes of lawbreakers yeah it, it is weird that it's not free to play like apex is and fortnite i mm. think that's going to be tough at the beginning because i mean ea's got rocket arena coming out this week and that's 25 quid as well so yeah it's going to be an interesting one what was that uh, um there's a game got released a similar time to overwatch but absolutely bombed oh battleborn uh, yeah, Battleborn. It was it was the big thing. It was it was like the infamous and prototype battle. It was Battleborn and Overwatch, and Battleborn just got buried. And I remember seeing it for like it dropped from forty quid down to five pound in game. Yeah, yeah. And they were giving away like the entire season pass thing, and everyone just went no because it had more characters, didn't it? That was their big thing. Whereas Overwatch was like the story with a dozen characters. I, I'm paraphrasing. There's more than that, but Battleborn's thing was. We've got loads of unique characters, but because it's the other ones, um, oh Christ, who makes who makes Overwatch? I'm having a blank. Blizzard. 
Blizzard, yeah, they've obviously done the the Warcraft thing of having all the fully fleshed out backstories and videos, and everyone jumped on that. So yeah, Battleborn yeah. just got buried, didn't it? Yeah, yeah that, that, we've seen that um, that Ubisoft uh, game reminded me of Battleborn for some reason. It, it, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know why. It was those arena shooters of the time that Overwatch just crushed yes. everything in its path. They're still going, Overwatch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's still very, still going strong. They started the new character this uh, this month, actually. Sequel on the way too. Man, bring it on! Yeah, don't bring up Lawbreakers around Sean. It's still a very sensitive subject. Sean was one of uh, six people that loved the game. Oh man! Genuinely, I I was looking forward to it as well. I don't understand why people don't like it though. People were like, because you know why, don't you? Why? It's Cliff Blazinski. Cliffy. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, just take the, the take him away. Like everyone else on that game, like nailed what they were supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, but you've seen the backlash. We talked about well, you guys. No, we talked about it the other week, like the Last of Us. Have you seen gamers are fickle? Mm. Gamers are stupid, and I'm ashamed to say that we we tar ourselves the same brush sometimes of that label of being a gamer. But yeah, because Cliff B's in it and he's sold gears, you've got the ones that love gears and go, oh, I'm not playing it," or you get the ones that are upset at him because he left Epic, and he went on to do. And I I thought Lawbreakers at the tits like. That weird half and half zero G shooting, and then yeah, I mean, T Bulletstorm as well. He was director of it or something like that. Yeah, I love Bulletstorm. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that that's one of the main reasons because he went off and did his own thing, and everyone was yeah. like, "Oh, you're a sellout." He's like, "How am I a sellout for making a lot of money? This is my career, man. Selling my selling my brand to Epic or to uh, the Coalition, and then doing my own thing, and everyone just bombed it. And same with Radical Heights as well. That looked fun. Didn't get anywhere, did it? And yeah, then he closed, but, I mean, then he closed Bosky. That was what he released it in, like, and he called it something. He called it super early, early access. Yeah, it was like, just wait, man. Of course, it's trash right now. <laughs> I think they wanted to get the interest. That that was a shot in foot. But yeah, yeah, uh, he, he needed the money. That was the thing with that. Uh, oh, he lost a lot of lawbreakers, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like the the studio was on its knees, and that was the kind of a the hail mary to try and yeah save the studio. It did not get caught. <laughs> No, no, but he had a hand in Fortnite, didn't he? In like the early days, yeah. I think when it was going to be a story type thing, yeah. Remember when yeah, Fortnite but... had a story? It mm. still does. No, I mean, a, I mean, it had a campaign, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah, it, I can't get it, into it now. You have to pay twenty five quid to get. That's what's so funny. What? I got a to get I was, into that original campaign. Yep. What? Was, uh, I got. I was very lucky in the early days. I got a code for the campaign and the battle royale, and I logged in at the start of this new season when it was like season one a few months ago. And Save the World was locked, even though I had a, access to it. I've got trophies on it, and I can't get into it. Because I've got clearly no one gives a shit about playing it. Yeah, well, they've just announced that they're going to slow down development on it, because there's just no point anymore. But... <laughs> and if you listen carefully, you can hear the three people screaming about this. <laughs> <laughs> and the tumbleweed. Oh, hashtag Save Save the World. Yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, let's get back to Ubisoft. Oh, yeah. If, um, <laughs> if there's one, one thing I could say about Hyper... hyper Escape. Escape. Yep. If you want to call it hyperspace all the time, I know. Yeah. Um, hyperscape is actually looks cool enough that I might try it, but I don't like battle royale games that much, so it's going to be a hard sell. Mm-hmm. I've been calling it hyperspace. <laughs> I, I, I think if you go back when Ross is doing the edit, I think I have actually been calling it. Hyperspace. <laughs> nah, it's okay. That's a little impact to add on me that I can't remember the name. Yeah. It's a real shame it's not free to play though. If we can, if yeah, can, we could just jump in. That. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I you've got to one giving it a go. Okay, interesting. Let me go jump to Phil Spencer, who 
appeared. Really likes Assassin's Creed. Yeah, he was <laughs> very clearly reading something off his monitor. I'm sure he was a robot. Talking about um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which now has a really key. Was, sorry, do we think he was rendered in PS5 graphics? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like the last lot. Imagine oh, that would be ironic, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, carry on. Uh, yeah, we had a look at Assassin's Creed Valhalla eventually. It's uh, coming out on November 17th, which presumably is going to be around about the time that the Series X and the PS5 drop. So maybe maybe a day and date around there. That should be quite interesting. Now, we have someone on our team who played Assassin's Creed Odyssey like his life depended on it. So I'm going to go to Mr. Sean Davies on this one first, because the last time we saw gameplay, quote-unquote gameplay for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you weren't overly hyped about it and you did point out some interesting flaws that i only saw after i listened to you but what do you think of valhalla so far now we've seen some concrete gameplay this might be the first assassin's creed game that i don't get at release there's there's when i see a trailer i try to think about what they're showing me and why they're showing it to me and what they showed me there looked like the stuff that was working that they could show and I just got this really bad feeling that it's not going to, like, it doesn't look like a next-gen. You know, they kept saying the, the next-gen of Assassin's Creed, that does not look next-gen. Like, nothing about it looks next-generation. The animations look fine. You know, there wasn't any wonky fire this time. But it, it just looked like they, they cobbled together the bits that... Remember Assassin's Creed Unity? Oh, yes. Um, oh, good. Um, and we had those very, very tailored sections of the game. That's the vibe I'm getting from this. And I hope to Christ I'm wrong. But I just get the feeling that they're showing the bits that they know work. And they're not showing the bits that aren't. Because in that, I saw some combat, but I saw a finisher. And I saw... And I know as we're talking right now, they're doing like 20 minutes worth of gameplay run through. But still, I just... I've got, I got bad vibes. And what is it with Ubisoft and the English this year? Like, you know. Yeah, they just want to destroy the uh, the, the the English ruling class. Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know, Watch Dogs are taking a stab at us now. Ubisoft, you know, Assassin's Creed taking a stab at us. Yeah, but the year that we've had on the uh, the world platform, I think. Oh, oh yeah, no, totally. <laughs> you know, I, I half expect you know, Assassin's Creed quarantine to just be about the UK. Uh, sorry. Uh, Rainbow Six quarantine. <laughs> now that game sounds interesting. Yeah. You know, I'll play that. We didn't wear face masks, so now <laughs> the country is completely fucked. The economy's in the shitter. You've got to go in and save the fucking planet. Oh. You play as Boris Johnson. <laughs> uh, oh, Boris Johnson climbing towers and doing leaps of faith. Yeah, you just play as him. He's the last person left. Um, it's not barrels of hay and it's not wagons of hay it's wearing uh, wagons of cash uh, oh bugger I'm stuck uh, but he can't get off a zipline <laughs> imagine that as, a, as, in the light, as an open world gameplay just getting stuck on ziplines oh man that'd be fun I can uh, just imagine do you know like Lara Croft talks to herself all the way through a game 
just and do this. I can do this. Like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it would just be stay, stay at home. No, don't don't stay at home. No. It would just be it would stay just alert. Be close. <laughs> don't climb the tower. Don't climb the tower. The tower. Lara, Lara Croft does it motivationally, like to spur herself up. Boris, Boris Johnson will be climbing a tower, and every step will be. I hate the pool. I hate this. I hate this. I'm, every time you meet an NPC, it's are you one of my children? The other safe houses would be Weatherspoons, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not a political podcast, but that man is a fucking gammon. <laughs> Clear, Clear the stronghold out of people that go to uh, comprehensive schools. I think we need a Boris Johnson simulator. That is uh, what we need. Yeah. yeah, we need a politics oh, podcast, apparently. That should be fun. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Carry on. We, we oh, no, no, a little I'm, bit. No, I've, I was totally finished. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm not feeling Valhalla or Valhalla. That's interesting. I kind of got some, some good vibes from it. It looks very different to Odyssey, the combat, and the assaults on um, strongholds looked pretty interesting. Yeah, that reminded me of um, War of Mordor or Wardor. Shadow of Water. Sh- yeah, Shadow of War. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, which whatever game that is. Because that had big battles just like that. So, hmm. yeah, it does look like a big melting pot of other games. Maybe that's why I'm not, not feeling it. Okay, interesting. You know you're getting a day one. Don't even lie to us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, it's just like there's so much other good stuff coming out. It's true. You know, so, I'm going to be knee-deep taking down London in that, at that time, to be honest. Nice. I think. Uh, anyone else excited about or got concerns about Valhalla? Toby? Yeah, I think I took the opposite of Sean and, and was more on your side there, with, uh, Ross. I, I think I'm more excited now. Um, the 30-minute the gameplay leaks and stuff looked janky. They looked unfinished, so I don't know. They didn't really get me, but this one was definitely a bit more interesting. I like the fact that you can do it as a, um, as a female lead as well as a male lead, like they did in Odyssey, um, where they clearly decided to go with the female lead for most of that trailer. Um, I mean, not all of it, but most of it, um, which I quite liked. So I'll probably be doing that. Um, the the story in Odyssey was much better from the female perspective. Anyway, the other guy was not not my favourite. Um, I like the burning roofs mechanic. I think that's sweet. I hope that I I really kind of wish something like that was in um, Ghost of Tsushima shortly, because um, that's cool. That's really cool. The idea that you could sort of you burn a few roofs and as you get through the fights, the whole village just gets burned to the ground. It's kind of fun. I really thought that there was it was a lot of look of um the vikings tv show um so the the, the invasion of england is pretty much the, the setting of the vikings tv show as well and the the main guy if you play as a guy and the, and the girl as you play as a girl are pretty much look like exactly like the two main characters of the vikings tv show um right down to the point of like particular camera angles particular ways that the anglo-saxon sort of coast look like you know all these things that probably have to look like that because you're trying to be realistic but um they looked very very similar um i think the plot will follow some very similar story beats which is which is okay but not not great um because i didn't like that to show that much and two other quick things one was um the settlements um building a settlement on the coast looked really cool so one of my favorite bits of the oldest assassin's creeds um Assassin's Creed 2, I think, or Brotherhood, where you could you could upgrade and um, put things together in your in your sort of mansion slash manse area with a vineyard and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think being having something like that to use all my money that I'm going to be earning and upgrading that settlement looks really cool. I like that idea. Um, and what I kind of need from it in the next gameplay reveals and stuff is to see a little bit more story to see whether we've got some kind of ridiculously large 
corrupt Christian and corrupt Saxon priest network kill list um, to work your way through a bit like you had in in Odyssey and um, that that list of all the different people as they wrote as they went right into the middle and eventually you got to the you know the leaders of the cult but I imagine it's druids and pagans and corrupt priests so um that'd be right uh, right on my street that kind of thing so yeah I like the look of it nice good times uh Paul Collett how are you with Assassin's Creed these days I know you uh loved Origins but you had some issues with Odyssey is Valhalla gonna does it look like it'll get you back on board uh no um <laughs> Assassin's am I, Creed am I the only one? <laughs> um, the only Assassin's Creed I've really, really enjoyed and completed to the end was Black Flag. Um, yeah. That was an amazing game. Um, Unity, we didn't do it. Even the one in London, what's that called? Uh, Syndicate, that didn't do it. Um, Odyssey was great. Uh, Origin, sorry. I really enjoyed that. Um, but it's, it's, so, it's too much Assassin's Creed now. You know what I mean? They just need, I know they sort of had a soft reboot of it with Origins, but... Um, it's just I was playing. I remember playing Odyssey. All I remember doing is running across this huge map to get to one fetch quest to the other. And it's like, what am I doing? Um, and this doesn't look any different. It just looks like you're going around, you know, this countryside. You're going to pillage some villages, grab some loot, build a thing, and then run to the next thing to pick up something to run it back to where you originally came from and build build a thing, climb some towers, jump off them. Uh, it's just. Uh, they need to stop with Assassin's Creed now. It's just boring. And they need to like really have a hard reboot of the series if they want to. Or, or just let it go into obscurity and bring back Sam Fisher. Now, Sam Fisher, <laughs> world. That, that's, what, that's what we need, isn't it? Like, you know, a modern London. And then you've got like Sam Fisher and you're doing some stealthy stuff. That's what you need. You don't want more, more bloody people in hoods. Coming off buildings, I'm sick of it. Absolutely, I'll buy it probably to my mug, but I'm not going to get it very <laughs> And you destroy your own point in two I'll, seconds. I'll, <laughs> I'll buy it though. <laughs> well, it's one, things, it's one of those things where you think, well, I'm really bored now. I want a game. Oh, look, there's, there's a Valhalla. I'm going to get it. Um, I'll probably bet, buy it, play it for a level, turn it off, never play it again, take it down to the X. That's what's going to happen. Well, that's a positive outlook. So what's your, so essentially your view on Valhalla is you want a Sam Fisher game? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. It's not too much to ask. Uh, finally, Greg, what's your thoughts on the Valhalla gameplay? See, I thought I was going to be the most negative about it. Oh, Christ. <laughs> no, Paul's just being You'll me. never out-negative me, Greg. I'm sorry. You never will. <laughs> you are a Londoner. It kind of comes with the territory, doesn't it? True. Yeah. Um, you try living in it, man. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty much like what Paul said. I'm just done with Assassin's Creed. I I finished most of them up until I didn't bother Unity. Uh, I did Black Flag. No, Black Flag was before Unity, wasn't it? That was the last one I finished. Uh, I've tried Origins, tried Odyssey. No, I haven't tried Odyssey. I tried Origins and went, yeah, it's all right. It's too much sand, of course, and it gets everywhere. I just hey. uh, nothing about this new one made me want to change my mind. To me, I know again it's in development, but the footage of that and Watch Dogs. Nothing looked amazingly mind-blowing. We've got, like Toby said, we got Tsushima on Friday, and that looks incredible. And these these two just look like they're going to be, they could be PS4 talk, uh, titles that could be ported over. They, nothing, I know graphics do not make a game, but at the same time, I want something to captivate me to go, fuck, that looks amazing. I will invest myself in that. There is nothing in the footage. All right, yeah, the roof burning's cool. It's not a new mechanic. It's been done in other things. Not shit on Toby's point, I mean, 
just nothing what about other things. What what are the games? Other things? Like roofs, roofs, the like, yeah. Far Cry had the flame mechanics, didn't it? Far yeah, Cry. the grass. Far Cry Three had the grass burning yeah. mechanic. Mm, Far Cry, okay. Far Cry yeah. Two, Far Cry Two had that in it. I just can't remember burning roofs in very many games. Fortnite, Fortnite has burning roofs. Yeah, I ain't played that. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> you just attacked me then, and in my corner I've got Big Daddy Finger I didn't and, attack. and the and the geezer. I did not and, you just, and you just went. And you just went. And you just went. Oh, I have played. My thing is, I you have to. I mean, that, that um, I don't know how accurate that was because only like a, a, a wonky demo kind of thing. But when he threw the, the torch on the roof and it burned, and then. Uh, later on, there's another gameplay clip, so it cut obviously. But then there's all orange and the flames everywhere. I mean, that looked quite cool. Now, if that's a progressive mechanic that happens, and that's 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 pretty cool. If it's just like a cut to another scene, there's nothing to do with him burning the roof. Then that's just like pretty lame. Isn't it? No, I mean, just there's. I just I have no interest in it. And yeah, like like Toby said, it looks like Vikings. So if I want to watch that, I'll just watch Vikings. Mm. So it's not for me. I I think it needs to. It needs to go. And considering we've already mentioned, uh, you know, Splinter Cell coming back, we don't get Driver anymore. There's so many more franchises that Ubisoft could tap into. But because Assassin's Creed is still popular, we're just going to get more and more churned out of those, really. So, yeah, nothing hmm. about it made me go, you know what, I'm invested. Do you think Ubisoft are going to go the way of Sega? Because Sega have got a big back Fucking Sega. Fucking Sega. Drink. Drink. Nobody calls it Sega. I call it Sega. Nobody goes, right? Nobody right. goes. I've got a Sega Mega Drive, do they? No, it's, it's not pronounced Mega Drive, is it? <laughs> it's not pronounced Sega. <laughs> Omega Drive, love it. Um, yeah. An Amiga, a Commodore Amiga. No, your, in, your, in your logic, Sega and Mega are the same words. So it'd be like a, a Sega Mega Drive, wouldn't it? The Sega Mega Drive. I'd buy that. <laughs> I think we should. If um, if we don't want any more Assassin's Creed games, should we boycott them? Boycott Valhalla. Yeah, exactly. Oh Stop yeah, because the five of us are going to. Really I don't mean the five of us. I mean you know all the readers, <laughs> all, all the all the listeners. <laughs> yeah, well, don't buy Valhalla. Yeah. Unless you want to, then buy it and enjoy. Well, it. review bombing for Last of Us Two didn't really work, did it? Because no, it, it didn't. sold That's four true. million copies at point of launch. So I don't think. Oh lord. Yeah. Um. So um, back to my Sega. Comment. Uh, did I get it right? Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't want Valhalla to wrap up. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. So I'm just going to say that because Sega obviously have the biggest, biggest kind of catalogue of games. They've, they've done nothing with them, have they? None of them back. Um, and they're just sitting there, just gathering dust on sort of like you know collections you might get. Whereas you know Ubisoft, they've got so many good games they could tap into, but they don't do it. I mean, I hope they don't go the way of Sega. 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 They won't. Too many people buy Assassin's Creed. Bastards. Too many people buy Assassin's Creed and, and Far Cry because, you know, we're now on our sixth Far Cry and or our eighth or our tenth, really, if you count spin offs as well. That's so, a lot, isn't it? You know, Blood Dragon, Primal, New Dawn. You know, Primal. it's a big series. Hmm. And it was off the back of Far Cry 3, which was a massive hit. And so, you know, each game has followed that formula now. And people like it. I like it. I like running around Far Cry levels and. Yeah, down. I mean, you, you said it there, the formula becomes formulaic. And it's mm. the same reason I didn't bother with... I, I did finish Far Cry 4, and I just went, oh, it's the same as 3. I know people were like, oh, Far Cry 5 is a bit more different, and there are no towers to climb. In fact, they take the piss out of it, don't they? They go, huh, I'm not going to make you climb loads of them, don't worry. 
Um, yeah, it's just, I know, like, franchise fatigue is a thing. I got bored of quite a few franchises along the years. But, yeah, um, Far Cry 6, unless it does something revolutionary, which isn't meant to be a pun on the fact that there's a revolution going on, I mean. No, of course. If it, unless it changes its... Uh, not not changes its gameplay because Far Cry is Far Cry. That's what we love it for, you know. But unless it does something, I, I don't know what it can do though to make me interested in it. Having Giancarlo Esposito, that's not how you spell it or pronounce it. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Giancarlo? Is it Giancarlo? Yes, Esposa. I'm not trying to be rude. I just haven't got it written in front of me to say it. He will be an incredible bad guy. He is basically channeling Gus Fring again, isn't he? Yeah. Which we love. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's get into Far Cry Six. Uh, so oh, I, I, I thought we were going into that. Yeah, 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 we were. Yeah. <laughs> great, great segue. Great segue. Greg way. Great Greg way. There was uh, yeah. If they finished on Far Cry Six, uh, which I'm pretty sure they showed like the opening title sequence of Far Cry Six. I don't think that will be. I think that'll just be a backstory. I think it'll be. I think it's. Um, I think that's their like pre-intro cutscene, if you will. That'll get you excited for what the then story will go on to. No, I mean, but before that, when we show the when we saw titles, yeah. all the titles, they showed um, all the actors that are in it. Obviously, they're pushing Esposito. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there was like a, it was like a Bond kind I of intro, it, wasn't it? It looked like, um, it looked like the, uh, the really good Netflix ones that you get every now and again. You know, like it looked like, like Narcos. Daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil. yeah, that was it. Mm. No, well, as I say, Narcos, because of the pretty much the whole thing that it's about. It's you know full of drugs and stuff, clearly, but yeah. um, it definitely looked like that sort of stuff. Oh, it is, it is Esposito. We are right. Sorry. Yeah, Juan Carlo Esposito. That's one. Yes, that guy. Um, yeah, we saw no uh, gameplay yet. It was setting the stage for a interesting uh, revolution that's happening against Juan Carlo Esposito's character. He does have a name. I'm going to find it, and I'll tell you in a minute. But open discussion... There's been a lot of rumors, a lot of um, hearsay. I'm going to go to Toby on this one. Is that kid Vass? I really, really hope it is. Um, I, I, I actually would really like this to be a prequel where he, you know, you play as him or he's part of the baddie duo with um, Juan Carlos Esposito. Um, and then eventually, you know, you see him crumble and lose all inheritance to that Presidente, you know, sort of uh, thing in the revolution, because probably you're playing as a revolutionary. Um, and then your, you know, he, his, his, you know, next story is him lording it over a, uh, you know, an island in Far Cry 3. Um, so it, it kind of follows nicely in my head. It's, it's another headcanon um, that I just hope that's the case. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, yeah, he could rename himself Vass, recreate himself as that sort of smuggler pirate and, and off we go. Sounds good. Nice. Um, they have just confirmed on the Far Cry game Twitter that you have a very tiny dog companion called Chorizo. <laughs> so this is day one. Is he for a me. Chihuahua? I don't fucking care. <laughs> he's Little Chihuahua uh, that you put in your in your uh, backpack. He's not a Chihuahua. He's uh, he looks like a Sutter's dog. There was um, <laughs> yeah. There was what was his <laughs> name? Right. A sausage dog named Chorizo. There we go. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I get it. Well done. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was what fangs in Far Cry Five. You could, you could like steal guns for you and things, uh, which was a nice sort of dog companion. And you had Cheeseburger, who was your bear companion in, in Far Cry Five. So I like that they're carrying that on. I'm gonna play yeah. it now. God damn it! But yeah, uh, I can't find the name of Spito's character. Uh, have you uh, have you seen the image of uh, Chuzo the dog? I have. Yes, he's insanely he's, cute. He's in a wheelchair. 
Yeah, oh, even he's... better. Yeah, he hasn't got uh, back legs. What this is what? <laughs> <laughs> disabled dog representation. This is like the SJ- SJW. Version <laughs> of... oh, Greg, can I'll we... just um, I'll tag you in the picture now. <laughs> Sorry, it's just. How, how is he going to be useful? <laughs> how is he maybe, going to be maybe tiny oh, little places? If you've got someone running away downhill, you just roll your dog at him like a <laughs> <laughs> jump on the back, like a weaponized, like a weaponized bowling ball. It's got to be like the drone from Watch Dogs Two, isn't it? A little grand drone that goes. You can't do anything. Sounds great. I want it. Oh my god, he's so cute. That's it. <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> what is that? Greg's just seen the picture. It's like a, it's not like a wheelchair thing. It's like a he's got a little steampunk engine on the back of his legs. <laughs> it's like it's like someone's got someone's got a dog's life and totally accurate battle simulator like mashed up. Right, I'll put the um just so everyone can see. I'll put it in the general Slack. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> You've seen it. It's a brilliant. You kind of get like a bazooka attachment to it. No, it's not happening. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Oh lord. All right, day one for me. Yeah, there we go. That's it. That's all we need to talk about. <laughs> um, Sean, I know you're a big fan of um, of Far Cry, and you you said that you in, in the past you like the fact that you can. There's this big map, and you just got to knock off little bits one by one, and it's quite therapeutic. Um, I imagine that we're all kind of on board for Far Cry Six, but is there anything about this this particular one that got you hyped? I know we don't know a lot about it, but what do you think of that trailer? Is essentially what I'm asking. <laughs> I, I like that they're going somewhere a little more exotic. Um, I like that they're mixing it up. You know, after after five, and you know that was it was fine, but there was a lot of brown, and there was a lot of like territory that we already know, like you know America. There's enough games in America, and you know four um, was was good, and so was three, but neither like went properly exotic. Whereas I think this one is, and Take, looking at looking at the kind of role that you'll play in a game, you're going to play as some kind of like rebellion soldier, who is is you know fighting like a guerrilla war against this you know big ominous force who's having his kid hold grenades above your head and whatever. But it's it it, it gives me the feeling that this won't be like other Far Cries where you might have to be going through streets where there are civilians that won't attack because normally Far Cry. You see somebody and they shoot at you. That's that's normally the you know there aren't that many friendlies out in a Far Cry game. Whereas I get the feeling that this, this might have NPCs that aren't just villains because they look like a lot of people in that trailer. Maybe that's maybe that's something I'm taking away from it. No, that they aren't in yeah. for. Um, it's just that uh, that would be the first time they've done that. Um, normally mm. it's you know you see you shoot it and that's <laughs> that's far <Yeah>. cry <laughs> yeah so yeah there's a chance that you're not playing as a singular character but rather a group of characters or, or the fact that there will be there won't be like i know in every every one since three that there's been like friendly and enemy forces but in the trailer there are a lot of people and i'm wondering if that isn't just rebels and like enemies that might be people who aren't involved in it like npcs like if you're going through a town or whatever and you've got crowded streets, which would be completely new for Far Cry because they just haven't done it. Mm. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, did you, I mean, I, I never finished New Dawn. I can't beat those sisters in that bloody last level. Oh, it's mate. driving me crazy, but it's one level I can't, I just, I just can't do it. I cheesed it. 
Oh, me, how? She, she got stuck. Tell me how. <laughs> I was like, I, I killed one of them. Um, and then one of the one that was got like, the one that kept running away ended up getting stuck inside a burning building. Um, oh, and she just what? like stuck on the wall. So, <laughs> so I was just like, you know, nipping in and out because she was firing I think it was like blades at me or something. Um, oh, God. I think someday yeah. we're gonna have to, I'm going to have to get you in on my game and we're just going to have to finish it because I can't do it. Oh, Lord, not, that'd be fantastic. I want to see how it ends. <laughs> Uh, infuriating but yeah I'm really excited for Far Cry 6 I love Far Cry um, I think Far Cry 5 was underrated I really enjoyed that that world and that I loved the Joseph Seed character and it was a lot of fun I would have gone I would have stayed in that world quite easily for the next one but I'm excited to see what they do with uh, with Far Cry 6 as well and we now get a dog called Chorizo following you around that's only got two legs so pfft. Let's do this. Um, it's due out on 18th of February. It's on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Of course, free upgrades on both if you take the plunge on the new consoles. And that was it. That was your Ubisoft forward. And, you know. No Rayman. No Rayman. No Gods and Monsters. No Rainbow Six Quarantine. None of that roller skating game either. I was looking forward to seeing that. That's already out. Is it? Yeah. Well, dang. It was PC only. So. Oh, oh what's it called? Screw what's it called, Sean? Uh, Roller Champions. <laughs> is, it? Is, it, is it? Is it that obvious? That's a, that's a really imaginative remember. title, that is. Uh, but yeah, no, we didn't really see that either. We might see something new as well next time. Who knows? But mm. I really want... I mean, I'm not too fussed about the Splinter Cell series. I never really got into it, but I just want it now for everyone else. Oh, thanks, man. Do I we want know this. when Ubi Forward 2 is? Um, sometime this year, they said. That's all we know so far. They they tend to only announce them sort of a week beforehand, don't they? So yeah, yeah, we'll find out in in due course. So you yeah, know, all in a good time. Uh, we what we are going to do now is get into a little bit of news that was this week. We thought that we could try and fill this one up with a bit more news. Um, we did get a look at the first screenshots of the PS5 boxes. Now they're not overly different. It looks exactly the same. Only. The blue at the top is now white. Uh, but the boxes appear to still be blue. And that's all there is to say about that. Mr. Paul Collett, as our designer, what do you think? Do you think they could have gone a little bit more? Do you like the white and the blue matches the console? What do you think? Um, I like it. I, um, it. It reminds me of the PS2 a little bit, actually, because um, PS2, if you remember, the spines, most of the games are white. Um, but a few, few didn't, but most of oh, them. Oh, yeah, because they all matched, didn't they? If you yeah, line them up. The uniform was, was quite nice. You look at your collection, it's a nice uniform uh, row of, of, of games. Um, so it, it's, got, it's got like shades of that. I quite like it. I like the uniform element of it. Um, the blue was blue worked, obviously, but um, it depends if they keep it, because later on in the console life, they tend to change it and it all goes to full, full cover art, and the bar probably just disappears at some point. Um, but you know, I, I quite like it. It's not, it's not obviously uh, exciting, wham bam, wallop kind of you know, big news, but from a designer's perspective, um, and someone's got OCD, I like, hmm. I like the, uh, the perfection, you know, the lining up of it all. So, when you, when you have got a collection, then it all looks quite nice, yeah. So, yeah. Adding more to their kind of uh, cohesive branding again as well by keeping it white, exactly. Which, which yeah. is, um, yeah, white, it's clean, yeah, for sure. Uh, Toby, what do you think about the PS5 boxes? 
Um, not a whole lot. Um, <laughs> the, the the main thing I'm thinking is they had a huge amount of leftover blue boxes that they'd commissioned from some plastic supplier in Taiwan. Um, so they had to keep the blue boxes. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, no. I mean, the white is nice, clean. Um, it will go with the console. So I totally agree with Paul's points. But yeah, it, it's not a big deal to me. I will still buy the games, even if they look very different to that. I wouldn't care. Fair enough. Uh, Greg? <laughs> a big opinion on this one. Let's go. No. Okay. I mean, yeah, as long as they still keep the artwork on the side of the spine so it lines up more of the games, then fine. Let's bring back instruction manuals. Well, let's start that hashtag Ooh, going. Controversial, yeah. God damn. <laughs> Sean Davies. I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> we nearly had a uniform there and I'm like, yeah, whatever. But no. I, I don't like the blue box. I'm, and I understand Toby's point. I expect it was like a cost-cutting exercise so they could continue to use the same PS4 boxes. But it, it like, I've seen mock-ups with a white box and I've seen mock-ups with a black box and both of them look infinitely better than the blue box. The trouble with that is, Sean, though, if you, get, if you have one with a white box, it's going to really look like a Wii game, isn't it? So you can't, you can't be like looking like a Wii game. Why? Nobody. The Wii was the fucking second most dice-selling fucking console of all time. Or some. Yeah, no, but it's also the weakest console <laughs> it came out at the time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is this is a new era, new dawn, a new power. You can't can't go over the Wii game. You've got you've got to like you know. Okay. No, it doesn't look like a Wii game. The box is a completely different shape. The, the white, <laughs> it wouldn't be a crystal case. It would be a white case. So you know that, like, it would it would be lovely. And it I just, just reminded me of Wii Sports when I looked at it. And I thought I can't buy that game. It reminds me of Wii Sports. Uh, okay. <laughs> Only in your brain, Paul. This uh, white box, I cannot. I can't buy a DVD in a white box. It reminds me of Wii Sports. <laughs> what the fuck? I can't buy Horizon Forbidden West. It looks too much like Wii Sports on the box. Uh, no, uh, I, Obviously, it's not going to deter me from buying the games. It's just, sure. I, I just don't understand the blue. Okay. Well, there's a lot of blue on the console. Blue and there's white. A lot of it's their scheme. The LED lights going all the way down the middle. Yeah, but uh, proportionately, the box is completely the opposite. There's not a lot of white on the box art compared to the massive big blue stripe around its edges. Yeah, but you see, when you like, it's going to the depths of graphic design, I'll bore you sensitive with it. So, for example, if you had like a letterhead and a logo, the letterhead was uh, all white with a blue logo and a blue graphic or something, then you had a business card, and a business card could be all blue with a white logo. You see what I mean? It all looks part of the same brand. It doesn't really matter. They've got it going on. It's a good diabetic. Okay. Whatever you say. I think you summed it up there, Paul. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's true as well. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Okay. Well, I just uh, wanted to throw that in there. Right. Uh, let's get into something a little bit more interesting, which is PS5 emulation. Um, we are very PS5 focused, but that's where all, that's where all the news is. So, you know, we're going to. Sony has filed a patent, patent, obviously, the one incorrectly, but a patent in Japan that allows a console to enable game emulation across PS1, PS2, and PS3 titles. Uh, this is from PlayStation Universe. Uh, found by at Renka underscore schedule on Twitter. The patent was filed this year and shows what clearly looks like a PS1, PS2, and PS3 being emulated onto a separate screen via cloud gaming, which would presumably be PlayStation Now. And they had a translation of the patent 
a text that said a large number of game titles across PS1, PS2, and PS3, and various generations of game consoles can be stored and used via the cloud gaming library. These games can run on a virtual machine that mimics the operating system associated with each game console. So, obviously, this is just a pattern. None of this is confirmed or anything. We can't go too deep into it, but it looks like that they are getting around their backwards compatibility problem with the older consoles via PlayStation Now in cloud gaming, which I imagine isn't a perfect solution for everyone, but is a solution. So, uh, Toby, what's your thoughts on this? Are you a, I know you're very much an ambassador of uh, physical copies and things. Do you, how do you feel about this? Um, Yeah, I suppose I am. I I do prefer physical copies. Um, But at the same time, I've got quite a history of emulating over the years. Um, I've definitely done my fair share of, trying to find obscure Japanese or American releases of um, Square RPGs, usually, um, and trying to find a way to play them. So I've used a number of ROMs and emulators in my time, um, usually trying to get my computer to do it rather than a console. But every now and again, you've got a console that you need to put a little spring in so it'll play the American ones, or you got a, you know, I did that with PS1 and PS2. So in that respect, yes, I like the idea that you can emulate um, and, you know, change the the software, the system, so that it will think it's uh, you know PS1, PS2, PS3. That will mean that you can play a lot of these old things. However, it doesn't sound like it's one where you can put the discs in. So it's not a physical thing. It's a it's a PlayStation Now cloud-based thing, like you say. So it's not going to be something where um, I can just bring out my old batch of crystal case um, PS1 and PS2 games. I'm going to actually need to rebuy these things on the cloud or on whatever system it's going to be um, and they're going to get all the money out of me again um, when I have to buy the ones I want all over again. So I can't see me doing it very much um, because of that reason. However, that said, if they suddenly then decided to go full steam ahead into the back catalogue and release things that I'd never played before and wished I had all those years ago, um, then that would probably convince me. So the recent release of Saiken Densetsu 3 or Secret of Mana, um, no, Trials of Mana rather, um, as an actual, as the original one with the Jap- with the uh, with a, with an English subtitle or English uh, track, that would have been something I'd have got emulator for because I wanted to play that for decades. So it depends what they release. If they're just going to be, you know, the normal staple of uh, Sony exclusives, um, then I'm probably not going to bother that much. You know, I don't need Jack and Daxter again or Crash Bandicoot or any of those things really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd much rather play a new Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, but I don't need the old ones again. Um, so yeah, I'd have to go. It'd have to go pretty obscure for me to really get into it because um, I like to find obscure things. But um, no, otherwise, I don't think it's quite the right thing. I don't think it's quite what I would be looking for personally. Okay. Now, PlayStation Now already does, of course, emulation across PS2 and PS3. I was put off by getting a original PlayStation, um, you know, those mini PlayStation things that came out because Sean, I think it was Sean that said, if you haven't got the memories of these games, they're just going to be poor games, difficult games to play. And when you sort of break it down to the sum of its parts, do in 2020, do you really want to play PlayStation 1 games? Is there PS1 games that you really want to jump into again? Um, I'll get to Greg on this one. I'm pretty much in the same sentiment as Toby. Like, there are some. I mean, I used to have a massive collection of PS1 games that I I sold because financial things like ten years ago. 
And I do sometimes still look them up and go, God, I really have to play that again. But then would I? I don't know. It's like it, it in ties with what you're saying with the uh, the PlayStation Mini. If you've got memories of them, then they'll mean something to you. But at the same time, sometimes they're, they're better off left where they are. Does that make sense? It sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but no, no, I agree. Yeah, completely. They're like if if there's a, if there's a means of emulating the games I've got, or sorry, uh, playing backwards compatible with the games I've got, then fine. Um, and like Toby said, if if there's a massive selection you choose from that you've never played or you've only played briefly when you were younger than or when they were available then yeah there is that novelty there but i don't know it's a weird one because um it's 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 do you leave it there like like nostalgia is a powerful thing isn't it you might think oh i really want to play that and then you invest all this money in means to play that and say, say like this emulation thing is a subscription and you can only buy like one fixed feed and you don't actually bother touching it because you don't like them or you think I'm not, or, like you, or you barely play it. Then it seems a bit, I don't know, a bit, a bit of a weird one. Uh, Paul, what do you think about this? Roundabout answer on that one, sorry. No, 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 it's fine. Well, uh, I think I mentioned this on a podcast um, a few weeks back. Um, I signed up to PlayStation Now just for the month um, just to see what was on there and... There's a few games on the PS2 and the PS3 I went to play again because, you know, they're pretty cool. Um, and then, like Sean said, we actually get to play them. They're not that good anymore. So, um, you kind of decide, think, what's the point? It's a strange one in a sense because like, when you think of emulation and, um, and retro gaming, you think Mega Drive, Super Nintendo, things like that. And yes, I'll quite happily play those again because they are sort of like very simplistic 2D fighters or something, which uh, are what they are kind of thing but when you get into 3d it's just like playing really bad versions of games you're playing now do you know what i mean so like you get say you play doom on a ps4 then you go, oh i want to play doom 64 and you see all the cloudy graphics what do you mean so you know it, it, it you know there's a certain nostalgia about uh old games and rose tinted glasses when you actually get to play them again they're not that good obviously they've evolved games have evolved since then and everything like that so um you know if it's a case of like the uh, the Xbox One, where you, oh, I've got an old copy of Splinter Cell on 360 laying around. You can throw it in a disc drive and it works. That's great. But to have to um, you know, pay for a cloud gaming system, you probably ain't going to use that much. I think probably a big ask. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bothered at all, really. Cool. Sorry, I keep looking at new pictures of Chorizo and just losing my mind. <laughs> God, I'm excited for that. Um, Chorizo. Oh, mate, come on. I'm so excited. Um, I've got an update on Far Cry 6 actually as well. I've just found I'll, I'll get into it in a minute. Uh, Sean, how do you feel about PS1 cloud gaming emulation? Have you messed with PlayStation now? Is it something that is a viable kind of alternative if, if they're not going to let you just stick your PS1 discs in the console? Um, I've, I've done PS now a few times in the past and it's never really worked for me because I live in Stoke, so the internet's crap. So... It's not like an immediately amazing product that I could I I um I would immediately want because I've tried it already and it doesn't work. But I do like the idea of Sony trying to preserve their own games, even if it's just the versions, the original versions of their own games. But like Toby said, some of the more obscure games, because when we're getting to a point where PS1s will stop existing. You know, there will be no more fixing of the PS1s. They, all the parts will be gone. 
they'll be they'll be impossible to fix, and the, the you know the the working PS ones will start to drift off. Uh, and I think it's it, it would be good for Sony to be able to basically offer their own way to for people to play the games that they want to play from that era, without having to pay extortionate amounts for a PS one or the PS four one disc. That being said, most of the games that I want to play from that era are absolute crap, and every time I go back. The rose-tinted glasses come off, and I realize realize they are absolute crap. Cool Borders was crap. Wipeout was crap. Destruction Derby was crap. Jesus. Um, no, they are like through through today's lens, these games are awful. Sure. Like, you know, the, at the time they were mind blowing. You know, the, we we'd gone from two D platformers to going down the slopes on a snowboard in a game called Cool Borders. You know, it was mind blowing, but the game, the game now, you look at it and it's like it's it's utter utter garbage. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't pay a pound for it. So having this streaming service would be great for my self esteem because I will be able to go through the cycle of I want to play this game. I played this game and realised it's bad again, very quickly. So I could get on with my life. So yeah, I hope they do this. I hope they they really expand what's on PlayStation now, just for preservation's sake, so that people can play the games. You know, people need to know the history of their games, and and yeah. you know, it'd be it'd be good to be able to play all those games that are, are going away and becoming more and more obscure. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like it for that reason. But you know, there's not many old the 3D PS1 games I'm interested in now. Mm. That's fair. Dark Cloud, that's pretty much. <laughs> Isn't that already on PS now? It is, and I played it on PS. I got the Platinum Trophy in it. It's really good. Nice. I mean, if it, if they bring G Police, I'm all. I mean, of course they are. You know, yeah. they, that that will be the first on the line, you know. <laughs> oh man, the expectation. So for <laughs> People have been dying for this game. Yeah, um, I'm not really too fussed about it to be honest. I, my one and only priority right now is PS4 backwards compatibility. That's all I care about. If I can turn on my PS5 and a not obviously not all of them, but a significant amount of my PS4 games are there for me to play, that's all that I care about. And I just want to jump into the next generation with my library ever expanding as more and more games get added to it. And, you know, I'm 600 games plus now on my PSN. I just don't want to give them up. And so that's my priority, really, over PS1, PS2, or PS3. I think it's, I think it's about the, um, the ROMs, because if, if Sean's, you know, Sean's point about these old games are going to disappear and there's just not going to be any way to play them anymore, there, you know, there are already hundreds upon hundreds of PlayStation 1 games that are emulatable and playable on ROMs on your, P- on your PC at the moment, um, you know, via, via different emulation software. It's those ROMs that are important. If, they, if, they, if, if people make a ROM of an old obscure title, then that obscure title is essentially preserved on the internet as, as, long, as, as long as that still exists as well. So I think I think that's the important part. If um, the the actual predict, you know the actual part of it being pos- possible on a PlayStation Five is not so important, um, I think it's more the preservation. So I do agree with that point. The, the problem with the ROMs, like most of the ROMs, is they're illegal, aren't they? And all yes. it takes is for the the original content. You know, it's happened very recently that somebody's realised that a game that they worked on a long time ago <laughs> is now is now on the internet for free for people to download, and they've just carved them and taken them away and then you've got these people to buy up the ips for old 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 franchises and you know the the people who originally made them didn't care but the new owner does and it's it's terrible 
you've seen a lot of games disappear from the internet nowadays and maybe Sony can help stop that. Mm. Maybe. There's a lot of them on my computer. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, there's, there's, there's going to be, it's post-apocalyptic. There's going to, you know, once the, the apocalypse happens, there's going to be a hard drive somewhere that Joel or Ellie, you know, goes into a house, finds this hard drive and that on that hard drive is going to be all the ROMs of all the games there ever was. <laughs> um, and, and you can, you can play them all on a MAME or a, some, some of the emulating software. <laughs> Last of Us Part 3, bring it on. <laughs> PS1 emulation. Uh, cool. No, it's an interesting topic as we move into the next gen. I think it looks like something that Sony will delve into. So uh, I guess we'll have to see on that one. Um, a quick Far Cry 6 update. Um, we were discussing about the group of characters. It doesn't look like it's going to be the case. Um, over at GameSpot, they're reporting, um, this return to the series roots also brings back a kind of protagonist who has more of a personal stake in the story. And Far Cry 6's lead character will be more present and visible throughout the campaign. If you remember in Far Cry 5, you had a silent protagonist, either male or female, that you could design and like look however you wanted to look, even though you never, ever, ever saw them. Very, very strange. So it looks like they're, uh, they're tackling that on the next one. The protagonist of Far Cry 6 is Danny Rojas, a native of the island of Yara, a country frozen in time due to economic sanctions. With the rise of a guerrilla revolution in the country, Rojas gets swept up in the push for change against Presidente Anton Castillo, which is uh, Juan Carlo Espicito's character, Unlike other Far Cry protagonists who are outsiders making their way through a foreign land, Rojas has deep ties to the islands, making their investment in its future more personal. Taking cues from Odyssey of Valhalla, players can choose from either a male or female version of Danny, and both will be fully voiced throughout the campaign. Furthermore, Danny Rojas will appear in cutscenes interacting with other characters throughout the game, moving away from the first-person dialogue sequences and making the protagonist more visible. So that's just a quick update on who you will be playing as in Far Cry. Six, you've actually got a character, a living, breathing character. How do you feel about that, Toby? Yeah, sounds good. I, I prefer it to have a living, breathing character. Personally, I'm, I'm one of those ones who prefers an actual character with backstory rather than just push, pushing myself into the into the game space. I keep thinking, the more we talk about Far Cry 6, the more I'm getting visions of the Archer series where um, he, he becomes a, you know, they all get involved in a, you know, Presidente plot in... Cuba or something. I can't. Greg will probably know exactly which one I'm talking about, but um, a whole season where they were doing this, and um, it keeps reminding me of that. Just keep thinking that it's going to be um, Archer. So it should be interesting. It's definitely a uh, a leap from Far Cry Five, which was it was a very strange thing. You had a completely silent protagonist who just kind of didn't really do an awful lot, and it was kind of pointless. Whoever your character was, obviously you were an outsider, but would have been nice to have a bit of background. But there is a one, so it looks like that. They fixed that for the next game. So that's exciting. Um, and that's your lot, ladies and gentlemen. That is the end of our podcast. I'm going to finish with Out This Week, of course. Um, out This Week, Rocket Arena, the EA uh, rocket launcher arena shooter, is coming out this week on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, fingers crossed, Sean and I will probably jump into that at some point, and we'll let you know how it is, because it looks a lot of fun. Uh, Neon Abyss is coming to PC and Switch and other consoles as well, I believe. Um, I believe Greg's playing that right now. Yep, my review will be ready for Tuesday. Awesome. So you'll be able to find out just how good or bad it is next week. Uh, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town is coming to PC on July the 14th. Death Stranding is coming to PC on July the 14th. Ooblets is coming to PC Early Access and Xbox One Game Preview on July the 15th. Hunting Simulator 2 comes to PC on July the 16th. You can see our review of that right now over at Finger Guns Bounty Battle, which is a game I swear I've heard about for possibly this entire generation. It's coming out on July 16th on PC and PS4. And also, Radical Rabbit Stew is coming out this week on PS4, PC, and Xbox One. Uh, Toby's been playing that. 
and you'll be able to yep. see more about that on the website this week. Beyond the Skills, beyond, uh, I always get this wrong. Beneath a Still Sky is coming out on July 16th on PC. The new Super Hot was announced this week. Paul's been playing it, and that's coming out on July 16th. So look out for that, and also look out for our coverage very, very soon. What are your uh, non-spoilery I'm, thoughts so far? Well, it, it, non-spoilery thought is it's great. I don't know if there's a spoiler, but you know, it's good. Yeah, we're past embargo, so you know, it's interesting too. Yeah, fuck, it's great. Okay, cool. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima is coming out on PS4 on Friday. We're all very excited. So, yeah, we've got plenty to talk about next week. Paper Mario, the Origami King, is coming to Switch on July 17th. It looks very, very cool. Although I'm seeing some mixed things in preview. Should be interesting to see how that one turns out. And Death Come True is coming to PC on July 17th, which is a game that we've talked about, I believe. We talked about last week, didn't we, on, in the Indie Corner? Yeah, we've got a, a review up on the website, too. Ah, cool. There you go. Check it out right now. I, I, I know that. I've been paying attention to everything this week. Of course uh, you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been a long week. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. That is your lot. Thank you all very much, Steve, for listening to our Ubisoft forward reaction and the odd little tidbit of news as well. We'll be back to, uh, to normal next week with a full quiz and all that malarkey, what we've been playing and stuff next week. So thank you very much, indeed for listening. It is goodbye from Mr. Greg Cooks. Bye. Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. Mr. Paul Collett. See you. Mr. Toby Anderson. Sayonara. And goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast.